Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne on Global Voice Radio. Join Roxanne Durhage and her thought-provoking conversations, the catalyst to live your life to the fullest. Hi everyone, it's uh, Roxanne Durhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne. So thank you so much for tuning in yet again this week. Uh, this week I have uh, Paul Toby joining me uh, on my program. Paul, thanks for coming on. Uh, Paul is the founder of Training in Business Pros and this he, it's a Canada's leading digital marketing training company. And uh, he's been in business uh, about 11 years and he works with various different companies including Oliver Jewelry, Big Country Raw. And uh, earlier in his career, he he uses the word, he did a pivot um, where he moved from uh, being a, a starving artist to uh, being an entrepreneur and an agent of change. So Paul, that's uh, quite the interesting uh, bio there. So tell, uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about you and um, uh, kind of your two lives, like you said to me earlier before we got on air. Thank you for having me. Uh, very quickly, uh, I'm currently the CEO of Training Business Pros, and that's two businesses, actually. We are a licensed uh, training company dealing uh, directly with the government in many cases, where we qualify for the Canada Job Grant Program, so companies who want to send their employees to us for really advanced uh, digital marketing training, that's we can help them. And often uh, what they ask us for is to build projects for them. So we built a complete digital marketing agency. So we are actually a full service agency with a boatload of staff uh, of experts for traffic generation, website creation, design, uh, lead capture, uh, advanced conversion strategies and automated CRM marketing. So often what companies do is they say, okay, uh, build us a system and then train us on how to use it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And we've been doing uh, the agency side for about three years now. We kind of just filled a, a space in the market that it was available for, but going back 11 years where we started the training company, uh, we probably trained just over 50,000 people in the last 10 years. So that's a lot of people. And we're proud to have affected the lives of, of many people. and. I know that your your program is really all about authentic living, and uh, in addition to digital marketing, we also do personal development courses. We teach people how to speak. We handle uh, their inside advantage processes, mission, vision, purpose, all those things. Uh, but it hasn't always been easy. As you may be aware, uh, if you've ever read anything by Eckhart Tolle, nothing great can come from no suffering. <laughs> so, uh, I had my share of starving artists um, stuff. I started playing piano at the age of eight and never stopped for 35 uh, years. I played 22 years as a professional. I made eight albums, played in 17 different countries, wow. been nominated for Juno Awards, yet most of your audience probably never heard of me. <laughs> and that's cool. Um, and I really only ever had one goal, and that was to one day play at Carnegie Hall, because I asked my music teacher when I was nine, after a whole year of taking lessons, I said, you know, all my friends are out playing baseball and soccer and hockey, because I grew up in Brantford, Ontario with Wayne Gretzky. 
Mm. So we learned to play hockey. That's when I learned that that's probably not a good career choice when you play with Wayne Gretzky. So, so you take up music. And I asked my teacher, I said, well, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm, I'm going to need some type of motivation, some type of goal. And he said, well, it's always been considered a really important goal for a pianist to one day play at Carnegie Hall. And I said, well, Mr. Perry, how do I get there? And he said, practice, practice, practice. And I practiced my tail off for a very long time, and I never got within spitting distance of Carnegie Hall until uh, I, I left the music business uh, about 14 years ago. And there was a bunch of reasons for that, not the least of which was I lost my recording contract uh, in the aftermath of 9-11 because Arcadia Records is in very close proximity to Ground Zero. And nobody was running out and buying jazz albums. They were all glued to the news, waiting for the next plane to maybe hit another city. And uh, my recording contract evaporated. And as you may know, uh, in the music business without a recording contract, uh, it's very difficult. So my wife and I actually went broke. Uh, I'm 43 years old. We moved into my parents' spare bedroom in Burford, Ontario, just outside of Brantford. And we lived there uh, for about a year and a half while my mother was dying of cancer and we were sort of getting my life back in order. And uh, just started a, a business, walked across Spain a couple of times to sort of figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Camino de Santiago. Yes. So I, I, walked, I walked that, um, really learned about end thinking and, and picking destinations and being deeply committed to them, no matter how many times you get lost or no matter how many times you get hurt. And I actually broke my ankle on that journey. Um, you, you eventually arrive at your destination. So when I got back to Canada, I just said, okay, well, I've already done the traditional school system. I had two degrees in music and that didn't really work out so well. So I learned that traditional education kind of gets traditional results. I'll take non-traditional education. And that's when mm -hmm. I started learning about a lot of the things that you talk about, authentic living and the concept of vision. And, you know, I think the number one reason why most people don't get what they want in life is they don't necessarily know what it is. So I had to pick some new destinations. I had to pick some things I wanted to do, be and have in my life that I didn't already have. And I became deeply committed to those things. And here we are um, 11, 12 years from the start of that journey. And um, I, I sometimes don't, <laughs> don't even know how I got here. It went by in a flash. Um, and I, I wake up every day. I can't wait to get to work at eight o'clock in the morning and do what I do and help as many people as I can. And it seems to me the more I give out, the more it comes back. And, uh, you know, that's, does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. So you were, it's the El Camino. Is that what you, you're referring to? Or is it a different? Yeah, so it's called the Camino de Santiago. It right. is okay. um, basically a pilgrimage across northern Spain from the Pyrenees Mountains uh, through the Basque region and through the Meseta Plains. Uh, onto Galicia and then to uh, Santiago de Compostela. And then I walked another 90, 100 kilometers to the coast uh, called wow. Finisterre, called End of the Earth. Uh, mm -hmm. Back actually before the New World was discovered, Finisterre was considered the furthest point west in Europe. So that's why they called it Finisterre, End of the Earth. 
<laughs> wow. So w- tell me about that. Cause I'm curious about that, you know, because you go in and you talk to businesses and a lot of times the disconnect is by t- between the upper kind of level of management mm-hmm. and they, you know, have this idea of how they see things and the translation down to the front line becomes disjointed at best. That's probably putting it politely. It's kind of like playing broken telephone sometimes based on from the senior level all the way to the front line. Mm-hmm. You now, I, I think of your story, right? Talk about a, talk about a, tr- uh, I'm going to say a major pivot mm-hmm. where you could have based on having this passion, you know, obviously at eight years old, um, I think of a passion that we all kind of, we're still in that mode where we can dream about anything. You pick it, you learn to become a concert pianist and it doesn't work out. So you have a lot coming at you when, you know, 9-11 happens, literally. Your, your life, like every a lot of people's lives changed forever. And you decided to go on this trek. So what happened on this trek that allowed you to, like you said, it it just happened, but... I mean, it sounds like it's a lot more than you took some actual concrete steps, literally and figuratively to get where you are or to get to onto the journey to start this new business. So to be clear, yes, many people were affected by 9-11. Many people lost their lives that day. And so my losing my career in comparison is not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. And what it did do was it allowed me the opportunity to kind of take some time and decide, okay, here's the way I've been doing things for 20 years as, a, as an adult. And this is the result that I'm faced with, which is virtual poverty. <laughs> How do I change that? Because it doesn't feel good as a man to go hunting for moose and bring back squirrels mm-hmm. or, or bring back the shells of the nuts the squirrels ate and left behind. <laughs> That's kind of how I was providing for my family, and that doesn't feel very good. So the Camino de Santiago was an opportunity to just go and really think about all of the things that I had done, and maybe on that journey, and everybody has a different journey, mine was, well, what do I learn? What, what are the things that I need to learn to change my personal and professional outcome? Mm-hmm. And what I really learned was the concept of deep commitment. Everybody says they're committed, but I'm, I think if you want to manufacture deep commitment, you have to become deeply invested. Mm-hmm. And so I became deeply invested in changing, uh, not the world, but changing the world around me by changing one life at a time. So whether that was helping somebody start up a business, whether that was helping somebody learn to speak, and I've trained over 500 speakers in the last... 10 years. Uh, the most recent ones, like a month ago, we do train the trainer a couple times a year. And I get speakers from all over the world coming and asking how to engage more with audiences. And it's a system that I learned that I kind of teach them. And I, I think the biggest lesson was, is that this concept of becoming deeply invested when you are, your focus is very clear and focus, what you focus on tends to expand. And that's why, you know, even 14 years after leaving the music business, I finally get to play Carnegie Hall. I had nothing to do with my ability to play. 
it, it's a good thing that I could because it would have been a bit of disaster if I, if I played at Carnegie Hall for 2,200 people and they all laughed at me because who the heck is this guy? Uh, but I earned it. I, I deserved to play there because I was at that level. Uh, and I did get a standing ovation after one song from 2,200 people, which is pretty incredible if you think yes, about it. Yes, for sure. But this is, you know, these are things that you attract into your life. Um, and, and I often teach this to businesses to answer your question, that it's not always about hard work. It's not always about bottom line and fiscal responsibility. There are, if logic and reason were the only things you had to create the life that you have, um, be pretty boring. And then people say, well, that's just not reality. And I say reality is for people that lack imagination. Mm -hmm. so you're so when you work with so you have obviously shifted you went into like you said you went internally you took the time you know and you created um this new passion of yours which is helping people in different in different ways so when you work with companies let's say let's talk about what you know and paul's going to be speaking at um my event um the authentic connection movement event on june 22nd so we come out and 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 see Paul speak, and he's going to be talking about mission and vision and uh, connection to the why. So when you work with companies, Paul, like you know, like you said, if it were all about metrics and bottom lines and outputs, you know, life would, would first of all be boring. But how do you connect with owners to get them to see more? Because, you know, some people are very, let's use left-right brained, right? Some people are very left brained and that they're not seeing the other part of things. And some people are very right brained where they need structure. So a company like yours about, you know, SEO and teaching them all those pragmatic things, probably really, really good. But the left brain person, you know, how do you teach them some of the things that you connected with? Well, you, you first have to figure out their behaviors and how did they get to where they are now? And I can think of several examples and it's often good to, to talk about specifics. So uh, the first one that comes to mind is a company that had inherited the business from their father. Uh, they grew up in the business, both sons, the brothers, and they never wanted for anything. The business was always there. They always worked in it. They never had to find anything else to do. It was a gifted product. And I always say a gifted product is mightier than a gifted pen. Uh, and they haven't really, they never needed to advertise. They never needed to really do anything except take over a business that was doing well. And when I finally got their call, uh, they were losing, not, not losing money, but on a downturn after you know, 10 years of running the business because they lost a couple of big accounts. And now they don't know what to do because they've never had to do that. They've never had to go and find new business. They've never had to seek out new life and new civilization and boldly go where no one has gone before because it's always been there. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. So when I sat down with the, the brothers, one of the very first things that I asked them, I said, okay, well, you're at $3 million a year, which is fairly respectable for a company like yours. Um, and you know that you want to grow, but why do you want to grow? And where and how big do you want to get? 
and how are you going to go about those things? But, but the first question is, if we do all of that, what do you want? <laughs> like, what do you guys, you know, want? And they literally couldn't answer that question. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that, that, the vision of the leadership is what creates the mission for the, the employees. It's like, well, where are we going? And why are we going to do that? Why, why should I even care? It's not, for me, it's not about, or for an employee, it's not about just picking up a paycheck. It should be about, well, what, what is our five-year mission? Um, how do we measure our successes? How do I become inspired and motivated to come to work? Right. And when I started with the very basic questions, what do you, if we're going to do this thing, what do you guys want? And we actually had to spend quite a bit of time figuring that out. It turns out that the one guy wanted to be more of a mentor to other people. But the problem is, is like, well, what do you know? And what have you learned that you can use to mentor other people? How can you get out in the public and speak about those things? So we got him motivated from that perspective. Uh, the other brother wanted more time for his family. And I said, well, more time. Okay, so here's five minutes. There's like, How do you define more time? How do you measure the outcome of more time so essentially we we got very specific about those things and then i said okay well if we're going to do these things and this is the the type of company that you want to come to work to every day we have to create a mission we have to have a five-year mission and we have to measure our successes each year so that we can know how far we get how we uh how does mission control change the direction because of an opportunity or a threat that came out of nowhere does that make sense yes yes. so often we say okay here's where we want to get but there's often obstacles in the way or opportunities that present themselves that you need to to leverage so the mission is well where are we going um and but purpose is why are we going to do that so uh, just to be clear i subscribe to the jim collins version of vision mission Mm -hmm. purpose core values so mission is where purpose is well why are we going to do that why do we want this bigger company to do what in our lives personally and professionally and so we had to get very clear on our why Um, and then finally uh, core values is the how core values is a set of principles and measuring stick for behaviors within the company and those are the things that you use to hire people for the mission and those are the things that you use to fire people if they violate the core values, get them out of there because they're in the wrong seat, in the wrong spaceship, going to the wrong place. Right. And right. that often one culture killer within an organization can bring down a whole department. And so they did. They adopted these. We created core values. We went to a retreat for three days and we worked with senior management. Uh, not just the two brothers, but their entire senior management team. Um, Here we are three years later, we are now approaching 7 million from three and a half, which is pretty darn good. Uh, They are already, they set a a goal for this year of a 23% increase over last year. Um, Every month so far, we've hit the 23% increase and more. Wow, so that's that's pretty amazing. So. So sometimes it's, sometimes people may have it like, so in this case, it's a legacy business, it was second generation or third generation. And we know a lot of times the second generation businesses, um, they don't do so well. Um, 
And, but somewhere in there, you were able to kind of connect with them on a deeper level because they were different, obviously, than their, say their parents just started it before or whoever that started the business. At times, do you find that it's difficult for people to get to their why when you work with them? Are you finding that most people coming to you are really, you know, they're already starting to think about it, but they're not clear that maybe the market's changing and they're kind of more um, outwardly focused on the outward market versus kind of looking at what, what their core values are. We're a digital marketing agency. A lot of times companies come to us for advertising and marketing strategies that give them more leads or make more sales. We often don't approach uh, vision, mission, purpose, core values, because uh, either I can tell very quickly that they just flat out wouldn't be open to that. That doesn't mean we don't take them as a client. Uh, we have other criteria of who to decide who our clients are as well than, than just that one thing. Uh, if we get into vision with uh, company leadership, it's usually because they've been with us for a while. Right. We've done other things. We've proved our mettle on generating leads. And often that's the, the big problem. Uh, I can think of another example where a finance company came to us from uh, Edmonton. And their only goal was to create more leads. So we went from 20 leads a month to 322 in one month. Wow. And it imploded the company, like literally imploded their entire system. They, they got overwhelmed. They weren't closing any leads. And what we figured out was that the people on the mission who were designated to handle the leads weren't salespeople. They were office staff who didn't care one iota whether the deal closed or not because they had no motivation to close any deals and they didn't know how. And so we ended up actually firing the entire office staff and hiring one salesperson to replace them. And instead of 322 leads a month, we push 100. And uh, their closing ratio is exemplary now because that one person with CRM automation helps a lot. Once we got that going, then the company said, okay, well, we need to, it's going well, we need to grow. How do we grow? And that's mm -hmm. when I took them on as a coaching client Mm -hmm. And now we meet uh, two times a month and then uh, in, on, online, just like you and I are doing now. And we meet um, four times a year uh, in person. So oh. they have to fly here to Toronto or sometimes I go there if they're willing to pay. Uh, and uh, we spend a whole day on planning and often intangible things, not just marketing and sales and fulfillment, although those are big, big parts of growing companies. We often talk much deeper about where are we headed and why are we going to do those things. So tell me a little bit about the, the government part of the business, um, the training part of the business, because that's, that sounds interesting. And um, just, I'm not sure I know much about it, but I'm just interested in knowing what that's about. So the Canada Job Grant Program was started about three years ago with about I think it was $1.6 billion in the fund. And its goal was to train the Canadian workforce and support the training of the Canadian workforce for very specific types of training. So companies will apply on behalf of their employees for up to 
$10,000 and then another $2,500 of in-kind uh, per employee to take our training courses. And uh, we actually know uh, the numbers on those things. So currently in the last three years, we've received over a million dollars, our company, in grant money for the employees of companies. We're in a bit of a fortunate position in that the things that we train are valuable, but often it's too complex for a, a single employee or even group of employees to handle. So what ha ends up happening is we'll apply the job grant money to training, but we'll also help them build systems and processes well during their training. Oh, okay. So it's really hands-on. Mm -hmm. Here's how to build a landing page. Here's how to uh, install and integrate Infusionsoft into your marketing. And uh, how, here's how to pay attention to key performance indicators. And so often it's, it's, it's one thing just to teach them the, the, the process of it. It's another thing to, to do it in real time based on their business. Right, right. Absolutely. So that, so that training often takes a group format for like Infusionsoft Academy uh, or even public speaking training. We've had people apply for grants for those things, but it often is one-on-one -on -one training where we're assigning a specific employee to show them a specific strategy on where they're at in their business. Uh, we try to customize our trainings for companies. Uh, and, you know, I, from my perspective, it seems to be the one thing that makes us uncommon or different from other marketing agencies. Most marketing agencies just do all the work and keep the client in the dark. We do all the work, show the client everything we're doing, make them smart, keep the business intelligence in the house. And once they're smart enough, we kind of let them fly on their own. And they come back, I'm sure, when they probably get to another point of um, growth in the business because they kind of think, wow, we learned all these things um, from Paul and his, and his uh, colleagues. And now we're at a different level. Well, we need more understanding. We need more training and we need a bit more guidance. So I would think that you know, they would come back to, to get that guidance again from, from you versus wow. kind of like, and being, being in business, you're right. Like if I need a, something done on social media, you know, and I just send it off, I don't learn any of it. Right. And then mm -hmm. I think, Oh geez, how did you do that? And then I don't have the time and then think, okay, well, I, I have to source that out again or the CRM stuff. How do I do that? Or, you know, the SEO optimization, it's like all that stuff for anybody listening. That's an entrepreneur. You get it. It's like, Whoa, I just got to, you know, kind of keep my head clear so I can focus, which is on speaking and training myself and not get caught in the weeds. So I could see how a company like yours would be beneficial, not just from the training per end, but then to help me um, understand in the future, should I need something, how I could kind of work with it or work with my assistant to ensure that, you know, I get what I need to, to move the business up a level. Yeah. And it's, it's very much like that. I mean, the, Training is often duplicatable, right? So if we know that a specific, for example, if, if you want to do on-site SEO for a web page, that involves specific type of keyword research, specific type of taking those keywords, putting them in the most effective places on a web page, uh, understanding the concept of user experience and how time on page and scroll rate and all those things affect the algorithm, that's often a current state of SEO, which will change and has changed. You know, mm -hmm. UXO never used to be part of search engine optimization at all, and now it's a big part of it.
So we'll often upgrade those trainings from year to year, but then there's also how does that apply to a specific company? And that's where the one-on-one -on -one training comes in. It's like they, they understand the concept, but how do we do specific keyword research based on what we want this particular web page to do? How do we attract the right traffic? How do we get them engaged with the page and take the appropriate CTA or, or call to action? So it is, it is a combination of online portal where they can get videos and uh, live training with groups and then one-on-one -on -one customizations for, for companies. Well, and I think as an entrepreneur, you're always, you're, you know, you're always into something new, right? Like, I mean, and then you hear about the next best thing or, you know, it's like, okay, I should do this or I should do that. Or like, you know, like, you know, they say you get detracted. You know, oh, I should look into this and then I'm gone off to five other things that I supposedly got me started here. And then you're like, I've just lost, you know, two hours of my day because I was tracking down something here and I don't have the scale after the fact. So I think, you know, what you're describing, I know as an entrepreneur is helpful because then I could say, okay, what are, what are, what are my goals for the year? You know, you know, how am I going to get there? When should I stay out of it? When should I outsource it? When should I give it to my assistant? When should I give it to my IT team? Those are all things that I had to learn, unfortunately, really harshly, Paul, to be honest with you. I'm sure a lot of people, coaches or business owners on the line um, would probably say the same. And then you, you, you end up, at the end of the day, it ends up costing a lot of money because it's my time, right? Um, well, if you if you give Google AdWords three thousand bucks to spend, they'll spend it, and you may get nothing in return because you didn't necessarily know how to track conversions. You didn't really know how to uh, remarket to that audience because it's easier to get someone back than it is to go find somebody new. You mm -hmm. perhaps didn't know how to do copywriting. Your landing page is not that great. I mean. Something like if, if you're going to spend money on advertising like Google AdWords, it's sometimes best to seek out professional help if you've never done it before because you can blow a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually did a radio show uh, not that long ago on the five top things that you can, that, that most companies do wrong on AdWords that will eat up the marketing budget faster than you can, <laughs> you know. So, um, Technologies change, people's behavior changes, the state of the marketplace changes. There's a lot of things that change. And then there's constants. For example, one of the most popular things that we do with some is a course called hypnotic copywriting. Hypnotic, um, okay. Hypnotic copywriting, right. So how do you connect with somebody's subconscious, which is the part of the brain that makes decisions? Mm -hmm. It's not what they perceive, it's how they filter the perception and how they judge and how they compare and so the language of hypnotic copywriting, something that I learned from Gary Bensivenga, Joe Vitale, P.T. Barnum, and a, a whole bunch of other people. Um, and it's quite a long list. Uh, as a student of copywriting, it's one of the most powerful things that I've ever learned how to do. That will never change. Using and that's words. something you can apply to any, any frontward facing uh, social media, to your, your blog posts, um, so to anything to, to be able to engage at a, an emotionally deeper way versus I've got this, you know, product that I'd like to push out. How do I, but how do I connect to who is my target audience, you know, and to con connect to them at a level that the people that I want to deal with me, not, not everybody's going to want to deal with uh, me, but how do I connect to the pe right people for the product that I'm offering to the market? 
almost everyone, at least in, in Canada where I grew up, and probably every country uh, that speaks English, took an English course. Mm -hmm. That does not qualify you to be a copywriter for business. Mm -hmm. There are templates and strategies and things you absolutely shouldn't do and things you absolutely must do that most people don't know anything about. Um, it's not natural, spontaneous combustion to sit down and write a web page that converts people into sales. It's mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do. It's not natural. And unless somebody decides they're going to educate themselves on that, they're going to remain relatively in the dark. Um, I, I often ask of trainees two things. One, how many of you have ever taken a copywriting course for business? No hands go up. And I often ask them, uh, the second thing is how many of you have ever taken a sales course? Mm. The answer is almost none, maybe one, two percent of a room. And, you know, they put up their hand because they want to look important or feel important. But when you ask them afterwards, so what was the sales course that you took? They couldn't remember the name of it. Or it was, <laughs> they, they, they took it with, uh, you know, the one, the first day on the job when their boss sat down with them and said, okay, here's how you sell using this script. Right. Does that right. make sense? That's not a sales course. That's following a script. Does that make sense? Yes, for sure. For so sure. like actually taking a sales course that lasts a week or two weeks or spans yeah. a year or, you know, these are things that I continuously invest in myself mm -hmm. because if I'm not willing to invest in myself, who the heck could be willing to invest in me? Absolutely. And you know, and you're, you're talking about things like I've been in sales, you know, and stuff like that. I've been trained, uh, you know, in my executive position in, in, but can I remember the names of the courses? No, I can't. Um, but again, what are you doing when you're out there in the marketplace? You're, you're selling basically your product or yourself and you have to know how to do it in a way that doesn't put people off, you know, to make people want to connect with you, not, you know, here, here I am. Would you like to work with me? I mean, and a lot of people do it poorly. Um, so that copywriting thing, it sounds uh, very, very interesting. It's something that I think I should learn a little bit about, more about. I'm sure about the other, I'm sure people listening are, are thinking the same. So Paul, so I'm excited to have you at the event. Uh, and obviously you're going to bring, um, you know, a lot of things um, to us. Uh, we're talking about everything in business in reference to how to kind of stay mentally well to um, the other end of the spectrum. But you're going to be talking about how do we stay connected to why we're doing what we're doing. And a lot of business owners, I think sometimes they start off and they think shift for them, but they don't shift the business accordingly. Um, so I, I hope that um, in them being able to listen to you, they'll be able to gain a better understanding of maybe how to rejig or reposition themselves to, to hit that, you know, the point that they're at in their business. One of the things that I've always tried to do at least when I speak, I have a format for presentation that is quite in, in my experience. Most people tell me it's very engaging, but I also want to make sure that every time I speak, I'm speaking to that audience specifically. So I will probably start off by learning a little bit about the audience and then focusing on the things that, that I'm getting feedback for that uh, can help them. And so they can leave with something very specific to either learn more about or actually go and do. Um, I often bring, uh, you know, homework for people to do, right? Because if, if, if I'm speaking for half an hour, 40 minutes or 45 minutes, 
it's, it might be enough time to inspire and motivate, but not necessarily enough time to learn anything. Mm-hmm. And I think inspiration and motivation are great things, but I'm also very systematic about how to, here's how to go and do something that you may not already know how to do. And, and, and people say, well, I know how to do that. Well, that may be true, but take a look at your current results and ask yourself, how well is that system working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I bring what's relevant in today's marketplace because I, as a constant learner and someone who's never, I shouldn't use the word satisfied because I'm, I'm very happy with my outcomes, but um, never completely comfortable with where I'm at from a knowledge perspective. I always want to learn more and I always want to make sure that that knowledge can be applied to most businesses in today's current marketplace. Uh, it's funny, you know, just in closing, often what I do with those companies, like the ones that I've made reference to here, is because I'm going inside their businesses, inside their heads, and inside their systems and processes, I often learn as much mm-hmm. about the things that they're doing well that I can then take and apply those systems and processes to other companies. So it's not just, here's all the things that we're going to do to help you. It's, let's look at all the things that you're doing well, find some areas maybe of optimization, or maybe just leave them alone completely. But I need to know about those things because that's going to help me decide where are the other areas of optimization. So the things that I learned that they're doing well, we can then just take and apply them to company XYZ. And that becomes valuable for that company. So you'll learn a lot when you spend time with these people. Absolutely. So you're around the successes, you're integrating it, you're the consummate learner. Um, So you're continually kind of, um, you know, I I say, I heard this term once when I was uh, uh, being mentored that um, sometimes being a a voyeur, really, which is when you go in and you you really just kind of notice. And when you notice, you kind of understand what people are doing well you'll know the mistakes or seen the mistakes that they've made. So you kind of know to stay away from those lanes Mm -hmm. and you keep integrating them over and over again, um, you know, as a moving object, you know, learning is something that, you know, we'll do till the day we die. And you still make mistakes. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's, it's, yeah, you've learned it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it applies to every company and to every situation. You often Mm -hmm. learn on the fly. Um, but I always say if it's only a mistake if you make it twice. So, <laughs> so uh, try to just do it once and then, and then, <laughs> and then not, always, not always possible, but you know, you, you don't want to make the same exact mistake twice. So uh, example, right now we're trying to market a natural deodorant company and it's a tough market because their product is literally three times the price of mm. uh, something you can buy at Shoppers Drug Mart, uh, but it's paraben-free and aluminum-free, and people are often skeptical about its effectiveness because it mm-hmm. is natural deodorant. So we're currently struggling with the overwhelming competition from companies like Amazon and other deodorant companies uh, for space in AdWords because we certainly can't rank, outrank them SEO for every keyword phrase. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're making a lot of mistakes. But through that knowledge, uh, 30 days of running testing, you'll know very quickly, if, if people don't think 30 days is quick, it's super quick in the marketing world, we'll learn what not to do. 
because that specific keyword phrase to landing page just didn't create a conversion. So we started with a twin pack, which the company thought would do well, uh, spent, I don't know, 600 bucks, which isn't a lot of money in the online world on advertising and fell flat. And we, wow. we money gone. So then we're like, okay, and they didn't uh, want our original idea, which was try before you buy. So send them a sample mm, and then convert mm -hmm. them long-term. So we switched gears mm. to that. And now we have to learn that part of it. Uh, we had a couple of conversions yesterday. Uh, and so everything is paying attention and making sure you understand the metrics and everything is trackable. So, you know, my, my point is, is that while we're as smart as we can be having created successes for other companies that doesn't necessarily apply to every business, every situation. Right, of course, of and course. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure you have audiences that are sitting there thinking, oh yeah, Paul, that's just your way of saying that it doesn't always work. <laughs> um, no, that's not my, my point at all. My point is it does always work. It just needs some time in its own good time. Right, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm like, oh my goodness, I have so much to learn. This is, as I listen to some of the things, and I know I know some of it, but it's, it's you know, as a business owner, you're constantly learning and wanting to, to get better at things. And like you said, you have to just go out there and try your best, get the right assistance. Um, so, Paul, if, you, if anyone listening um, wanted to get a hold of you, um, do you want to tell them what your, your website is or um, other places on social media where they can get a hold of you? Should they be interested in some of the things that you've been discussing? Yeah, you know, I'm always very open to conversations with companies, especially people who've, they're in a specific place in their business and they don't necessarily know what to do next. I can tell you that in 99% of the case, I've been there. If, it's, if it hasn't been there in my own company and building my own company, it's been there helping somebody else build a company. So finding out exactly what they need and, and what they're trying to accomplish is the first step. And that often takes a phone conversation. So just give me a call. Uh, call the office at 416-444-PROS, 416-444-7767, or send me an email directly to paul at trainingbusinesspros.com. You can always visit the website, trainingbusinesspros.com. There's information there about our services and our training. Uh, but I prefer just to, just to make an, an online meeting very much like we're having. Um, yes, so awesome. I can learn because I, I, I can't help a company if I don't know what they need. Absolutely. It's, not a, it's certainly not a one-size-fits-all solution. You need to meet, you need to get a sense of them and then uh, understand what their needs are and then figure out what would be the next logical step and uh, whether it's a fit too, obviously, uh, for working with a company. Well, Paul, this has been uh, really, really great. I now realize how many things I need to um, understand, maybe not get right in, but to understand in order to take my business to the next level. I look forward um, you know, to uh, presenting with you at my event on June 22nd. Um, we're at uh, the Sandman Hotel. 5400 Dixie Road in Mississauga. If you're interested in tickets, um, please reach out to me directly. And um, I can be reached at 289-929-0131 online. You can go to uh, roxanderhodge.com forward slash authentic connection movement 2018 and that will take you right to the tickets and there are still some tickets available and um, we're doing some deals on the tickets and we would love to um, have you come out and uh, meet us and gain from all this wisdom. And the one thing that I'm taking away today is hypnotic copywriting. 
Uh, I'm like, that's my, I'm going to, I'm going to have to figure that out, Paul, because I'm like, how much stuff am I putting out there that I need to learn more about? So uh, come out, listen to Paul talk about uh, the whys and how to really um, get connected to that why so you can put out what you need to to the marketplace to, to achieve whatever that business goal is that you have for this year. So again, thanks again, Paul. And uh, to my listeners, uh, thanks for listening in uh, to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Take care and we will chat next week.